We are in week three of a series like we've never done before, where we're peeking inside of movies that on the surface have no explicit spiritual teachings, but seeing truth about God inside of them. This is what Jesus modeled for us as he took normal, ordinary stories from the lives of people in his day and rerouted them in a divine direction. I love the way that Jesus did this because Jesus could find God in anything, in everything. I've named some of these every week, each week giving you different examples because there are just so many. He found spiritual truth in fishing, for example, which probably makes more than a few guys here today very happy. Jesus found principles about God in trees, facts about heaven in buried treasure, and pictures of righteousness in the playfulness of children. Everywhere Jesus looked, he could see God at work. One time, the apostle Paul, who was a follower of Jesus, wrote about this. He said, since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. We're actually going to see today's movie hint at this reality in a forceful way. We're looking today at a movie that every person here has heard of and almost all of us have seen. I think this is a one-of-a-kind movie that spans generations in a way that no other film ever has. And in this cosmic tale, we'll find an epic battle that didn't just happen far, far away, but a war that is fought right in here. The first Star Wars movie came out in 1977, but it wasn't the first part of the story. It was the fourth part of the story. It was episode four. George Lucas, who has to be one of the most brilliant storytellers of our day, wrote Star Wars but realized it was too much for a single movie, so he cut it in half, 
Then he realized that that was too much, so he cut it in some more pieces. And ultimately, he had nine movies, 18 hours, in his head with voluminous notes and creative ideas written all over the place. His real genius, though, was to say, I'm going to film the middle trilogy first, episodes four, five, and six, and then I'm going to wait 10 years and do the first trilogy, episodes one, two, and three, and then I'm going to wait 10 more years and do the last trilogy, episodes seven, eight, and nine. Who would take this idea? No one, actually. After being turned down a couple of times for the original film, a studio executive said to him, I don't believe in this movie, but I do want to invest in you, which is how George Lucas got the money to bring Star Wars to us originally. But even above his cinematic and business prowess is the way that Lucas has managed to thread one single thing throughout every single one of the movies, the force. That's where we're going to find our connection to spiritual truth. And we're going to do it through a small green friend with a frail body, but a powerful mind. Run! Yes, Jedi strength flows from the Force. But beware of the dark side. Anger, fear, aggression. The dark side of the Force are they. Easily they flow, quick to join you in a fight. If once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. Consume you at will, as it did Obi-Wan's apprentice. Vader, is the dark side stronger? No. Easier, more seductive. But how am I to know the good side from the bad? You will know when you are calm, at peace, passive. Mm. A Jedi uses the Force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. But tell me why I can't. No, no, there is no why. <sighs> Nothing more will I teach you today. Clear your mind of questions. Some movie makers and book writers will tell you that what they produced and released for public consumption was strictly entertainment. They'll say that any underlying message was unintended or accidental, but not George Lucas. His idea of the Force wasn't simply for the sake of the plot. It was a message. In all of the science fiction, it was the one thing that pointed to a very real question that all of humanity asks. Here are some notable quotes from George Lucas. Ultimately, the force is the larger mystery of the universe. And he said, I put the force into the movie to awaken a certain kind of spirituality in young people. Every great story has a conflict. It's the thing that causes us to sit on the edge of our seats and, and lets the tension rise George Lucas did two things with this that were brilliant. First, the conflict in the film is woven through the entire film and every single film. It's the same conflict. 
It never gets 100% resolved, and it's present from beginning to end in every episode. The second thing he did was that he chose a conflict that is our conflict. How can I know this mysterious power that seems to run the world? And what do we call that power? The higher power, which can be anything you choose? Do we personify the cosmos, treating it like the universe, as if it's living or nature? Do we call it the Brahman, the Hindu title for the unchanging reality that's beyond the world and we can never fully grasp it? Or do we just speak of enlightenment, that perfect state that Buddha and others may achieve should we ever get life just right? Everyone wants to know who God is, but almost everyone agrees that there is something more, something stronger, something outside of ourselves that is beyond humanity. Most of us are left wondering. The force is Lucas's way of involving us in his film, but the idea of God is there, and that's part of the intrigue. 2,000 years ago, the Apostle Paul was traveling through Athens, the same Athens you can go visit today in Greece, and Paul realized that people were wrestling with the exact same question. How can I know God? Is God an unknown force, or is there something more tangible? This is what the Apostle Paul said as he spoke to a huge gathering of people there that day. Paul then stood up in a meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. So you're ignorant of the very thing that you worship, and this is what I am going to proclaim to you. I'm going to tell you what Paul said to the Athenians, but we need to see another clip from the movie to tie it all together. In this next scene, Yoda, the Jedi Master, is trying to instruct young Luke Skywalker in the way of the Force. And he's about to demonstrate just how powerful the Force is. Use the Force. Master, moving stones around is one thing. This is totally different. No, no different. Only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned. All right, I'll give it a try. No, try not. Do. Or do not. There is no try.
is too big. Size matters not. Look at me. Judge me by my size, do you? Hmm? Hmm. And where you should not. For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us. And binds us. Luminous beings are we. Not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here. Between you. Me. The tree. The rock. Everywhere. Yes. Even between the land and the ship. When the Apostle Paul roamed around Athens, he could see God at work everywhere. He would have liked Yoda, by the way, I think anyway, and he would have agreed. That force, that energy, that cosmic power that Yoda said was everywhere and in everything, Paul would agree with that. But Paul also wanted people to know that you don't have to guess at this. You don't have to make up some ambiguous thing like the universe or energy or nature or the force. Because this power isn't just mysterious. It is also defined. Which is why Paul said this. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. And does not live in temples built by human hands. And he's not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. God did this 
so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he's not far from any of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. I want you to see this notation in verse 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. It's in quotes, and it's a quote from a spiritual guru in that day. A Yoda, if you will, who would have been glad to call the higher power in the universe the force. That poet only had an ambiguous picture of God, but Paul goes around the world saying, I know what God looks like. He's not just out there. He's not just around here in a mushy, undefined way. We have an actual picture of God. We have actual teachings from him written under his inspiration so that we can know him. This is why Jesus came, to rescue us, yes, but also so that we could move from our own varying pictures of God and names for God and come together with a crystal clear understanding. This is what God looks like. The force can now be defined. He even has a name. His name is Jesus Christ, and you can know him, and you can have his power in your life. But once you understand, there is still a battle to fight. Even for the one who knows who Jesus is, we still have a war that rages within us, a war to determine which side we will follow. Feelings, you know it to be true. No! 
can destroy the Emperor. He has foreseen this. It is your destiny. Join me, and together we can rule the galaxy as father and son. To say that Luke doesn't struggle is to not understand the movie. He's a good guy, but that doesn't mean that he couldn't have gone to the dark side. He wanted to, actually, in at least a way. The Force isn't the only thing that George Lucas taps on inside of us. His nebulous understanding of a higher power also triggers humanity's epic battle. He said, I was basing the films on the idea that the Force has two sides, the good side and the evil side. Most religions are built on that, the push-pull tension created by two sides of the equation. He also said, the idea of temptation is one of the things we struggle against, and the temptation, obviously, is the temptation to go to the dark side. This also reminds me of something the Apostle Paul wrote to his friends in Rome, And it's eerily similar to the battle illustrated inside of Luke Skywalker. Listen to Paul's words. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Surely you can see Paul's reference to the battle. He even calls it a war. The struggle is real, a struggle to choose good over evil. I mean, here's a guy in Paul who's made a decision. He's a follower of Jesus, and yet there is a dark side still looming. Peter actually names it. He says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. For Paul, the battle inside of him doesn't end with a snap of his fingers. It doesn't end with a sincere prayer. It doesn't even end just because we make a decision to build our lives on faith in Jesus. Beware. It never goes away. But take heart. James tells us that if we resist the devil, he will run from us. The battle is still real, but we can still win. After Luke completes his training and becomes a Jedi, he decides to try and help his father, Darth Vader. Every viewer thinks Vader is evil through and through, but Luke sees something else. He thinks the same battle between the good side and the dark side is still happening inside of Darth Vader, and he decides to risk it all to save him. The Emperor has been expecting you. I know, Father. So, you have accepted the truth. 
I've accepted the truth that you were once Anakin Skywalker, my father. That name no longer has any meaning for me. It is the name of your true self you've only forgotten. I know there is good in you. The Emperor hasn't driven it from you fully. That was why you couldn't destroy me. That's why you won't bring me to your Emperor now. I see you have constructed a new lightsaber. Your skills are complete. Indeed you are powerful as the Emperor has foreseen. Come with me. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. I will not turn, and you'll be forced to kill me. If that is your destiny. Suit your feelings, father. You can't do this. I feel the conflict within you. Let go of your hate. It is too late for me, son. The Emperor will show you the true nature of the Force. He is your master now. Then my father is truly dead. No question about it. Vader is claiming with his words his absolute allegiance to the dark side, but there is something unsettled inside of him. Inherently, he knows he's chosen the wrong path, but he thinks it's too late. He's been on this path for too long. There's just no turning back. I've known a lot of people who felt this way. I mean, it's one thing to make a single bad choice or, or even multiple unrelated bad choices, but once you've been on the wrong path for a long time, it's hard to imagine that you can actually change course. Again, the Apostle Paul can help us. I thank Jesus that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor, a violent man. I was shown mercy. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul had a long run on the wrong path, but he finally realized that it's never too late to get on the right path, the good side, and follow Jesus. He called himself the worst of all sinners, a title that Darth Vader would certainly have used on himself, 
But in the end, he made a stunning and surprising decision. If you will not be turned, you will be destroyed. Star Wars, arguably the greatest movie series of all time, is a work of fiction. But threaded through this fantasy is a reality that you and I need to acknowledge. And once we name it, then we have to make a choice. There is a power that is higher than yourself. It's mysterious, yes, but it's also knowable. It's a power that doesn't only work around you, it can also work inside of you and through you. It's the same power that created the world. It's the same power that sustains life today, and it has a name, the name of Jesus. His Spirit, which we sometimes call the Holy Spirit, is available to you to connect with and commune with and live with every day. He is the way to living the kind of life where good prevails and evil is kept at bay. His is the life of making the world better and knowing that I got to help be a part of it. And best of all, he is the future for this life and the life to come. But you get to choose. You have to decide. You will choose one side or the other. So decide today to follow the one true God and follow him 
with all you have. You get to decide, and you can decide right now. In fact, I'm going to ask you if you would pray with me right here, right now. God, we get to decide. And some of us today are realizing that for the very first time, that that hidden in this work of fiction is something very real, very true, very right. So today, God, maybe there's someone here who wants to decide to follow you, that wants to move their life off of one path and get on the right path, that wants to fill their lives with the power who has a name, not the force, not the universe, not some nebulous thing that we can't wrap our minds around, but Jesus Christ. So God, maybe today someone here wants to say this, I decide right now that I'm going to follow Jesus with my life. I put my trust in you. I'm going to build my life on you. Fill me with yourself, God, and let your spirit run my life. Let me see you working all around me and in me and through me and make me into who you want me to be. I submit myself to you through the power and in the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus, I have decided to follow. 